now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All on one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. God! This is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. I'm here once again at Nutmeg Post, and we're being recorded by our engineer, Frank Verderosa. And right next to me is my co-host, Frank Santopadre. Our guest this week is a comedian, actor, voiceover artist, and one of the greatest celebrity impressionists in the history of popular entertainment. You've seen his work in films like What's Up, Doc? Stroker Ace, The Black Cauldron, Wes Craven's Wishmaster, and Transylvania 6 5000. TV appearances include Get Smart, Love American Style, Rowan and Martin's Laughing, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, The Pink Panther Show, Maud, The Odd Couple, Soap, Dharma and Greg, The Late Show with David Letterman, as well as several of his own series. Comedy on the Road, the John Biner Comedy Hour, and John Biner's Bazaar. In a career spanning over 50 years, he's worked with legends like Steve Allen, Carol Burnett, Henry Fonda, Fred Astaire, Don Rickles, Bean Crosby, and Lee Marvin, and wowed audiences with his dead-on impressions of everyone from Georgie Jessel to Ed Sullivan to JFK to Dean Martin. And get this, he's also our only guest to have appeared in two of our personal obsessions on this podcast— Bob Hope's Joys and Murder Can Hurt You. You bet. Please welcome to the show. (laughs) A favorite of Frank's and mine. You bet. And the man who does the best damn Johnny Mathis in the business, John Biner. It's not for me to say. Hey guys, how are you? Let's look at the tote board. Oh. <laughs> He's going right into Jerry. Oh yeah. Okay, 
guys. How you guys? Doing? Hi, John. Thanks for doing this. Now, now we would pleasure. We were talking briefly before the last time we spoke was uh, a couple of years ago. While I was still doing USA Up All Night, I got asked to do an appearance on another USA show, Silk Stockings. Mm-hmm. And we worked okay. together on there. We did. We did. We had a good time. That was remember, a- they, remember that they were they were telling us that they were telling me to tell you a joke if it was a good one. <laughs> on, <laughs> on camera. He says, okay, you want to you know, we're gonna do the scene here and, and you you turn Gilbert, you tell Gilbert a joke if it's a good one. <laughs> what was the joke? I don't remember. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love his Jerry. I know. All I can tell you is I'm in this Jerry Lewis thing for some reason. I heard you reading off my credits and it sounded like the Jerry Lewis thing, you know? Let's give him. And now let's see it. But anyway. <laughs> At some point, we should have John do his wonderful Dino and have you do a little Jerry. Okay. <laughs> oh, hi there, Jerry. Oh, you know, yeah. Hey, you know, my mother asked me today. Why, Dean? She says, why the hell do you hang around with that asshole? <laughs> wow, that's a classic bit. <laughs> I often wondered how guys hung around with people like, you know, like uh, Gene Autry and that guy used to, hey, Gene, wait for me. You know, Is that like, Pat, Pat Buttram? Pat Buttram, yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. now, you knew both Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. Yes. So what do you think? their relationship really was. I think it was like two people that had to drive around the world that didn't get along. (laughs) (laughs) You know, John, what I love about your Jerry is you do a Jerry from every era. There you go. It's the only way to go, you know? <laughs> you do the only- I like to I like to keep people young though, you know, because people started doing Catherine Hepburn with her head almost falling off, you know? Right. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> That's the Marty I'd Short. Rather, I'd rather I'd rather keep her young and, and vital, you know? So anyway. Now, now you did a bit mm-hmm. uh that was the entire Ed Sullivan show. Oh, when he only had 10 minutes left. He only had 10 minutes. The president wanted to speak, and he only had 10 minutes to get all his guests on. Yeah, that yes. was great. We're going to bring out all our stars, as many as we can. And starting off, here's Frank Sinatra. And he goes, when I was 17, that was... Hold it there, Frank. That goes 17, 18, 19. We'll be here all night. So you come back here on our Easter show. <laughs> And you can finish that song. Now, because we have we have the Barzoni brothers, because we don't have time for both Barzoni brothers. <laughs> we're gonna bring out one Barzoni. And the music starts, you know, and he's got ten pins he throws. It's not the same without my brother. I don't know why. <laughs> so he throws them against the pin and they fall to the ground and to the floor. And then he's got the, the teeter-totter with the bench he gets up on. And so he come, he, start, he gets off, he walks toward the camera and says, I come 3,000 miles. It's, it's not the same without my brother, you know. It's, it's, I come back to see. 
And they're looking like he's being hurried off. Okay, I do it, I do it. He gets up on it, he jumps, the teeter-totter goes. He goes, see, I, I come three dozen miles, I catch nothing. <laughs> well, that was some fine simulated catch. You see that over there now? You know, so it went on like that. <laughs> I saw you do on, on Letterman recently. I saw you do a variation on that bit. Well, you do, uh, you do Johnny Mathis, and then you do Jerry, and then you do Dino, and it's just... Oh, yeah, Dean Dean and Jerry were talking together. He said, where are you? Well, hi, I'm looking, what are you... Hey, what are you looking for? I'm looking for the microphone. What do you do, hide it? You know, it's a, that kind of stuff. <laughs> we got to ask John, and we we, uh, we mentioned it before we actually started recording, yes. about the infamous Night of Sullivan. Yes. First, explain what the controversy was. And Hello? then you actually would. Well, I mean, I think it was Jackie Mason was first of all, do a little Jackie Mason. Well, I just want to say that it's a wonderful thing to be here with you two guys. <laughs> <laughs> I work with a lot of people. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? I can't even hear myself with the earphones on. That's the problem with this whole thing. So anyway, I uh I, I, I had a chance to go around the back of the cameras, you know, and watch him work. Now, the night, the whole idea is anytime there was a rock star on the show, the audience, the kids, kids would come, they'd come for dress rehearsal and they'd scream and yell until the rock star came on, right? Or, or they wouldn't laugh or anything. And that's the way it was. Eric Burden and the animals were on the show. And uh, the kids were in and, and, and uh, 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 President uh, Johnson, President Johnson, uh, was going to speak uh, for the first half of the show, and then it was going to go to Canada. Uh, it was just going to go to Canada, the first half of the show, and then the uh, second half of the show uh, would go to the United States and Canada and wherever the hell else it went. So, so, so uh, Jackie was on the first half, and he's working, he's working. Now the president, at, after only 20 minutes, comes back, the word comes back, the president's quit. He's, he's off now. It's, uh, we're back to the show. And, uh, and Ed Sullivan gets word and he wants the, uh, the, the floor manager to, with the earphones and uh, to go around the back. And he walks around the back by me and he holds up his finger. And Jackie's, so first of all, Jackie's out there. He's telling his jokes. Nothing's going on. And he's getting to be like, look, I told you 30 jokes. Pick one you like, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> he's really bombing out there, you know, because the kids aren't listening. They don't care about Jackie Mason. What's that. But suddenly he gets into a little bit. He gets them chuckling a little bit with a reference to Liz Taylor and Richard Boynton. Richard Boynton, Elizabeth Taylor, that's all you talk about. Richard Boynton, you ever come out to dinner with Richard Boynton? That's all he talks about. Elizabeth this, Elizabeth that, Elizabeth this. <laughs> you never hear me talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids laugh and now the guy puts his finger up one minute he's given this one minute out of, out, of, out of sight of the cameras but Jackie sees him and he goes look at this I'm getting hot and they give me the finger well here's a finger for you and a finger for you and a finger for you and he walked bombs off the stage boom 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 walking like that like stiff legged so I go up to my dressing room and generally I'd come down and I'd have to pass by Ed's, Ed's dressing room door. It'd be open and somebody would be taking his makeup off. And I find you, I'll find you'll see you know, picking your, you know, so I say, night, Ed. You know, that. <laughs> so this night, this very night, the door is closed. And from the other side of the door, I hear, you lousy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you... Gold. 
You you know good best. You know, we've got nuns and priests and rabbis watch this shine of up. Bitch, kids watch this show. Son, every once in a while you'd hear, but Ed, never mind it. Check, check, and you get into it. And, and it went on like that. I couldn't tear myself away. Wow. And uh, and that was the end of that. And so 10 years later, after he couldn't show Ed runs into him in, in Miami. When are you going to do our show again? <laughs> he says, forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's on the show. But, he, he, but, he, but the he, show. he never technically gave him the finger, which is. Uh, well, he is the rub. Yeah. The finger was off camera. If you get a chance to watch that again, his, you just see his wrist, up to his wrist. Interesting. His, his, his arm up to the end of his wrist. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you told me this story, you were, you were saying, you motherfucker, you cocksucker. <laughs> well, if that turns you on, I'll yeah, say it again. Yeah, say it again. <laughs> say it again with all the filth. You lousy bastard, you son of a bitch, cocksucker, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't picture that coming out of Ed Sullivan. No, no, no. And, and, you, were saying, and you were saying <laughs> that, that Sullivan was going, we've got fucking nuns out there. <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah, that's you know that's Richard Belzer's version of of my story. Oh, so no. What? what he's, even, he's he's even a added you lousy Jew to it, which never happened. <laughs> what, what he is, was married to a Jewish girl. You you did eighteen Sullivans, John. Do I have that right? That's right. And what did, what did you think of the man? I mean, we've gotten we've had you saw the guest. I love the guy. You he, did. Yeah, he took a, about, I was about six months into the business when I got, uh, my, do my se like second show, Ed Sullivan show. And um, I mean, we're a card holding business. You know, I worked the village and all that kind of stuff, but you know, I didn't get my card till I did the show. And, um, and he had to go out and work in uh, Lake Tahoe, Harris at Lake Tahoe. He, he signed on for two weeks and he took myself and, uh, and some other acts and, uh, and I was with him for two weeks out there and uh, doing two shows a night. And one of the classic things that happened, you know, Gilbert, yourself, that every once in a while something comes out of the sky that you weren't expecting and it comes out of your mouth and it's great. And oh, you say, yeah. where, the, where the hell did that come from, you know? So here's one night, I'm, I'm doing my impersonation, as I did every night, doing my impersonation, it's, it's Sullivan. And here from the, working over here at the Coper. Tony Bennett, you know, and I, I want to be around to pick up the beat that I do that thing. You know? <laughs> so, so he comes over one night and he stops me in the middle. There's an audience out there. He stops me in the middle of this thing. He says, holy there, Biner. I don't say Coper. I say Copa. And he starts to walk back and I said, now appearing at the Coper. And he turns back and he goes, Gives me the okay, that's better kind of look. He walks away and I go, Commander. <laughs> <laughs> and and the audience went nuts. I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating. They laughed for a minute. Wow. And his eye, tears are coming down his eyes, he's holding his stomach. And I don't know where the hell that came from. So anyway, there's a knock on my dressing room. Biner, do you hear that laugh tonight? <laughs> uh, let's do it again tomorrow. The same thing. Let's do it. Okay, fine. Okay, so here it is. Coming up. Boom. I'm standing out there. And I was now here. You find appearing at the Coper. He's walking toward me. He's walking toward me. He's walking toward me. He's still walking toward me. <laughs> He's walking as slow as he can walk. 
and he gets to me and he gives me a wink and he turns around and walks away. Because, <laughs> you know, you hear some people say that the man didn't have a sense of humor. I mean, we've had a lot, a lot of guests on this show. Pat Cooper was not a fan. Oh, of- they make up stories. They make up stories about what he did. Like from one, one of the... Most ridiculous ones I heard was uh, did people say, "Hey, did you ever hear what he said to to uh, Jose Feliciano when he was uh, waiting backstage? Does your dog do tricks?" <laughs> sure, he never said that. <laughs> and I said, "What the hell? Come on, you know." So yeah, they blame things on him, but uh, yeah, like like Jackie blamed the whole thing on him, you know. Right. It was it was Ed's fault. He was, I don't know what the hell he uses, but it was you know he just twisted the whole thing to make it. Oh, I guess it's okay. Ed's dead. He can't deny it. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, but first a word from our sponsor. Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All on one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As long as we're talking about Jackie, you want to do a little uh, dueling Jackie Mason oh, yeah. <laughs> with you and the maestro? Well, I don't know. You give me a well, little hint. What are you talking to me? All of oh, a sudden, you're an expert on this. Wait a minute. You, you're doing the deli. I'm not I, doing the deli. I'm doing the aardvark. Yes, he is doing the aardvark. If I did the deli, they'd never let me do it. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, Mr. Ant? <laughs> you remember that show, Gil? You remember uh, yeah. John doing the, the Ant in the Aardvark? Oh, Do- yes. Doing the wonderful and, Dino and, uh, and, and Jackie? And yeah. I remember you used to do a character named... Uh, Miss- Felix Fossadidi. Yes! Oh, yeah. Yes! I did it right every time. And you know, uh, it's a funny thing. <clears throat> just a minute, just a minute. <clears throat> yeah, that's better. A uh, funny thing happened to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we ran the show, I did a show with Annette uh, Funicello, see? And I was, uh, I was uh, Felix Fasadini, and Annette Funicello was my niece. And you know what she looked like? She was a doll. She was a real, real doll, real sweet. I'm a girl. 
funeral, funeral, there's a thing where, where I chase her around the desk, right? I chase her around the desk, and at one point around chasing her, oh, Mr. Fasadini, Dr. Fasadini, Fasadini, and run around and like chasing around. Is there a way <laughs> At one point, at one point, I stop and I come close to the camera and I say, Walt Disney wasn't a fool, you know. <laughs> was, was there a Toastmaster ant that sounded like Jessel on the show, John? Do I remember that correctly? No. Okay. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, did, I may have had a fever dream. I, I think the only time I used Jessel any particular time was on the Carol Burnett show I played, uh, I played the undertaker or the preacher that comes to say a few prayers over that wonderful actress that she played who comes down the stairs with the drape on her shoulders and the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the Anthony Aardvark, what, what was the great Frizz Freeling like? Uh, what a guy. Yeah, I mean, it's a legend. Uh, early in my career, 1970-something early, early uh, he called, they called me up and wanted me to, he wants me to see me. And, 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 and I'm telling you, it went like this. He, he says, he talks to me about the, what the characters and all that kind of stuff. And he holds up their conception of, of the, uh, of the, uh, aardvark first. And he says, oh, he's kind of a, kind of a nervous guy. And you know, he's a fast talking, nervous kind of guy. So I said, I think I know what you're talking about. And he says, <laughs> perfect. He says. And then he says, the ant is kind of a lackadaisical guy, hangs around the house all the time. So I think got Dean Martin and say, oh, hi there. What do you mean? You, he says, what do you mean? He says, you're going, he says, hey, you're going to the picnic? No, I think so. I'm going to hang around here. What do you mean? You are the picnic. <laughs> it's great to hear those voices again. There's a little, there's a little touch of Joey Bishop in the, in the, oh, in the, in yeah. the Jackie voice. So Am I right? In the Jackie voice, yeah. Just a little bit of a duh in there, yeah. Now, you used to do a bit where you did the entire cast of Rio Lobo. Yeah. Wow. Was it Martin, Dean Martin was in it, and, and John Wayne, and, and I think Walter Brennan was in it, too. <laughs> Walter Brennan and... and and Rick Nelson. <laughs> That's right. Ricky Nelson. <laughs> Dean had the whole thing. You know, I can't help you. Look at these hands. You know, and his hands are shaking. He said, oh, you've got to keep away from that stuff, you know. Oh, I try to, and it's not easy, you know. You try it sometime. You know, and you guys stop arguing and get out there and try to shoot somebody. You know? <laughs> John, speaking of uh, of Duke, there's a wonderful clip. You know, when you do research on the on the guest, like I do, you find great little little gems. And there's a wonderful clip of you and Lee Marvin. Oh yeah, and that's fun. Oh, it's great doing oh, it. Do, yeah. I sent Gilbert the clip doing a oh, yeah. doing a tribute to Duke. Now, yeah. what was Lee Marvin like? He was a regular guy. I did the Merv Griffin show with him once or twice, and uh, he was a good guy. He was a really good guy. And uh, you know, you could get back to Sullivan. Uh, what a kind of a neat guy he was. I, I'd be like backstage talking to some long-legged dancer or something, you know, a girl, and uh, and uh, he'd, he'd, I'd, I'd feel his arms come around me and he'd say, don't listen to this redheaded son of a bitch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's another one. I got to tell you a really true story. This actually happened. <laughs> early in my career, early with Sullivan, with Sullivan at Lake Tahoe, 
uh, I, I, you know, I'm starting out. I got, you know, the, the suit, you know, when you're starting out. And I'm in Lake Tahoe and I'm going down to uh, shine my shoes in the afternoon before the show, like earlier, too much, you know, before the show. And I walk through and I see uh, his dressing room was right across the hall from mine. And the door is open. I figure the cleaning crew's in there. So I go ahead in there and I'm, and I'm shining my shoes and I'm whistling. And I hear this from across the hall. Who the hell is that whistling over there? <laughs> and this guy, Jack Babb, who was a talent coordinator, said, it's Biner, Ed. And I hear this. Biner? Don't you know that whistling in the dress room is taboo? And I don't say anything. And I'm just sitting there. And he goes, one more peep out of you. I'll come over there and string you up by your red balls. <laughs> I'm starting to love Ed Sullivan. I'm, de I'm developing a new appreciation uh, for the he man. He was there. He was there. I liked him a lot. Yeah. I actually loved the guy. He was like a father figure to me. My father died when, when I was 11. And uh, I started uh, pulling out. In fact, in fact I, 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 always, I, t I even told Jerry this. Uh, I was really deeply depressed naturally, you know, you're 11 years old, your father guy goes and he's 46 years old and, and, uh, and, uh, and I was really in bad shape and we didn't have a TV and, and one of the, my classmates, I was in Elmhurst at the time, PS 89 Queens. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I went to, uh, over to his house. He invited me over Sunday night, uh, Colgate comedy hour, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis. And, and I, and I found myself laughing and I said, holy shit, man. I'd like to be able to do this to somebody sometime, you know, for somebody sometime. And sure enough, I get letters from people that are just near suicide or about to think about it. And they, they see something or they heard something I did on television. And they, and they write me a letter saying, thank you, I was going to commit suicide tonight. And I saw you. And, and you know, I said, holy shit. And it all started with Jerry Lewis. Wow. What a story. See, see with me. Uh, I'll get letters from people who say, I was really happy. I watched you. Now I want to throw myself in front of a fucking bus. <laughs> you got to show me those letters. That's the other side of the coin. That's what I say. Since you're going back, John, and we talked about Elmhurst, Queens, and, and you're, yeah. you're a Queens kid like me. Tell, tell us about the first time you got on stage. I love that story. You just you were driving by a place and you saw a sign. I mean, you were, you were, oh, you were a truck driver it. at the time. No, you know, I, I made the guys in school laugh and I made the guys in the Navy laugh impersonating the officers. And, you know, and, uh, and, and you know, whatever, whatever I was doing, I made people laugh. And, and so um, I, I, I went to um, – uh, I was I was building swimming pools at, in, in Hempstead, Long Island, and uh, and uh, I had three kids, and uh, I, I was making I wasn't making a lot of money, and so uh, I'm driving the truck one day, and uh, and I look, I see entertainment uh, Saturday night entertainment boom like every Saturday night, so it's like. Uh, Saturday and I just got back from work and I'm sitting at the table and the kids need shoes and this is happening and that's happening. So I got when I could put the suit on and I got in my car and I drove over there and the guy named Dick Metz owned the place. He's a tall guy with bulgy eyes and, and he's rattling change in his pocket, you know, and ring, you know, jingling change in his pocket and he's standing there. And, and as I walked in the door, to get a little ahead of myself there a minute, as I walk in the door, I hear this to somebody getting off the stage. 
said, I go up to Dick and I. <laughs> <laughs> Not I a said, good sign. No, there's a little trio on the stage, and and uh, and that's another story about the one of the the bass player. Okay, so so I. Uh, I go up to Dick and he's jangling, jangling the change in his pocket. And I said, you mind if I, I get up there and I do a few minutes? It couldn't hurt, he says. Like that. <laughs> and he, he, he motions with his head to what you just heard kind of thing. So I get up there and I'm a hit. So now I'm there so every Saturday night for God knows how long. And uh, I'm making uh, like 40 bucks under the table. The, and, the Oaks Club in Syosset. A club in Syosset. Yeah, it's like the front porch of a big house. Uh-huh. You know? And in uh, and, and, and a bar, it had a bar. So I, I was working at a place called, uh, the, uh, it was a clearinghouse in Rockville Center, and all the people were from the clearinghouse. Were, oh, that was a great one. I come from Guam, having been there in two, and uh, I was there for 20 months in Guam in the Navy, in the message center, and I come back to the States. I get a job in a place that has, has three men and 250 women. Wow. You. <laughs> I used to like to go fix their Rekodak machines. You know, they'd call me in and do that. And they'd always lean in if they were young and unmarried. (laughs) 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 What are you doing there? You know, so anyway. Were you doing the JFK bit then? Oh, yeah. The JFK football coach? Yeah, that's where I did it. That's where I started it. Vaughn Mita was in the the first family thing. And uh, the the Kennedy thing was everybody was crazy about them. So I thought I had this premise where this this football coach, he can't get his players to listen to him. They're they're smoking cigars and they've got women on their laps in the locker room and he's going crazy. He doesn't know what to do. They got a big game coming up and stuff like that. So he's just, he just leaves. He goes home and he turns on the TV and he sees that guy talking and he's got everybody enthralled and, and all their attention. And, and he says, if I could talk like this, I'd, 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 I might be able to get the guy's attention. If I... So he goes in the next day and it's, and it's, you know, they're in the locker room before the big game. And he goes, uh, members of our squad, we are gathered here in this locker room for one purpose. And that is to keep warm. It is cold out there. And also, to talk about last week's game. When I signed to play the Texas Longhorns, I had no idea we'd be playing real steers. <laughs> Fun. Which brings us to today's game. When we lose today, and we will lose today, <laughs> I want to tell you I'm embarrassed when you carry off the opposing coach on your shoulders. <laughs> it's great. So there, so there you go. Boy, Vaughn Meter is a guy whose career came to a sudden end. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him pushing a, a, a pushing a, a cart, a, you know, cart from the grocery store on the street with just a few little items in it, and and his fingers were all brown from smoking cigarettes down to nothing. You know. Yeah. And sad. Uh, you know, he was trying things with a piano and singing and stuff, and. You know, when you you hit the you hit the business that hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. See, this for people who don't know, uh, during Kennedy's time in office, there was an impressionist Vaughn Meter. Yeah, and yeah. he he became a monster hit. First yeah. family, his, yeah, First his family. impressions. Yeah, sure. sure, and yeah. then of course uh, Kennedy's assassinated and all yeah. over. There it goes. You know, I I was. Not to say that that's the same thing, but it basically is. I was working that what the hell's that, that little club in uh, in, in in Chicago? 
Oh, God, what the hell's the name of that little club? Uh, I was working there with uh, Spanky and our gang. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've forgotten it. Mr. Kelly's. Mr. Kelly's, right. Mr. Kelly's in Chicago. And uh, and I, I was getting a lot of... A lot of uh, go with the with the my impersonation of Bobby Kennedy you know and uh it was a big thing it was a big hit you know and I and I uh, I was working I had a couple of real good nights there you know on Thursday and a Friday and now it's Saturday night and the place is packed and I'm putting my 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 suit on and on the suits and the thing now I got two three suits <laughs> but anyway I'm putting my thing I'm getting ready to go to work and uh, I turn on the tv to see what the weather's going to be like and the Kennedy's and then he's gone Bobby's gone now, what do you do? You know, I, I, I did this. I did, it's the only one time I did it. I get up on the stage and, and there were a couple of luminaries in the room and I wouldn't want to mention their names. Now you go, oh, not that asshole. But anyway, uh, I, I just got up there and I said, uh, uh, I don't feel funny tonight. And I said, I'm sorry. And I walked out the stage. That's all I said. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, now what? Uh, eventually happened with Vaughn Meter. Well, he tried to reinvent himself a yeah. couple of different ways. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah he did, he did, did that. And, out. But he just, you know, he just fell apart. He just fell apart. You know, just a terrible thing. Yeah. John, tell us about the, 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 the big TV break, as it were. It was Merv Griffin's Talent Scouts. Yes, I went, uh, I went from there back to the truck. <laughs> you were still working for the swimming pool company. I was still for the swimming pool company. I went back, that went there back to the truck, and uh, and uh, uh, about three or four weeks in, I get a call uh, that uh, that uh, what is Bob Bob Cavallo, Bob Cavallo of the Shadows in Washington D.C. Oh, you got a great memory. Wanted wanted me to uh, to work the club, and I worked it with uh, Ama Jamal. Uh, for a couple of weeks, and that was a lot of fun. I brought my high school uh, friend with me, Dean Calcano. He played a wonderful piano, and we did the, all our things, and it was great. And uh, Cass Elliott used to come in and see us, and it was fun. How did you? How, how did you? You did the you did the talent scouts, but how did the Gary Moore show? Wasn't I mean that was like the first televised? That was the first big gig for you. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Oh, sure. That, yeah, that was my first big television. With Lily show. Tomlin and Jack, and one of Gilbert's favorites. Jackie, oh no, that, this Jackie is that, that's a, that's another show. Oh, that's I, a different I, show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This first one was a talent scouts thing, you know, and people were supposed like the uh, there was a show called the Arthur Godfrey Show, and they called it the Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts. Sure. And and the ca- talent scouts consisted of uh, numeraries who uh, luminaries rather uh, these are well known people who would who would find somebody supposedly in a nightclub and bring them on, and that's the way it went, you know. But there was it was always the producer or somebody that found them. What the hell, you know? So uh, it was like uh, Red Buttons and uh, uh, Nipsey Russell and uh, <laughs> some and, names and, for you, Gil. <laughs> uh, and and uh, the other one, the other other one was uh, was um, uh, it was um, uh, Fat Jackie Leonard. Yeah, Fat Jack, Fat Jack Leonard. You know, you need another. <laughs> That's a great Jack Leonard impression. Take me to a bigger cab. You know, and it says like that. You know, he's like, uh, all you need to do is have a tight tie, and he'd sound like uh, Rodney Dangerfield. They take me to play, you know. <laughs> anyway. anyway, I can tell you some funny story about Jackie. Do you want me to tell you about? A yes. Funny one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, I may skip around a little bit. That's okay. But, uh, but uh, I'm doing uh, My Five Wives with Jackie, uh, with you, Jackie, with um, uh, Rodney. Rodney Dangerfield. And talking fast and I can think. So, uh, Rodney Dangerfield. And uh, 
they had to they had to hire five women, five people, or you know, six or eight uh, Canadians. You know this, uh, Gilbert. They have to have so many Canadians if you're doing. Oh doing, yes, you know, you always see people you worked with in Canada. And uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, the, the the five wives were were Canadian actresses. Not to say anything bad about the five, the actresses in Canada, but <laughs> I'm in I'm in Jackie's uh, trailer with him one morning, having a cup of coffee and and. Uh, Rodney, I'm sorry. Thanks, Annie. <laughs> with, <laughs> with Rodney, with Rodney and having a cup of coffee and such, and uh, and uh, he's looking dejected. And I say, hey, Rodney, you look a little sad. What's the matter? And he goes, he's got his head down. He looks up and he goes, none of my wives can act. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you were friends with Rodney a long time, huh, John? Sometime, yeah, not really, you know, cuckoo friends, but uh, he used to run into me all the time, say, hey, how come you never come in my club? I've never seen you in my club, you know, my club, my club. <laughs> so, so finally, one time I fly in, and, I'm, I'm, and I say, I think, what the hell, I got a night off, I'll go see Rodney. I go into Rodney's club, and it's packed, and he's, he's just getting off the stage, and he, and he comes up, hey, John, hey, I wish I could stick around, but I got to run. <laughs> Don't you love it? I do. I do. I, yeah. Another thing I found digging around online was a memorable Carson show. You probably know the one I'm uh, I'm alluding to with Rosemary. I did 30 of those. Yeah, but there's one one particular oh, yeah, with Rose you Marie. and Carl yes, Reiner. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. And he says to Rose, he's going to introduce Rosemary, and he says, now here's, uh, now here's a girl, I don't do it. Here's a girl who's been in the business for a long time, you know? And and uh, and and she comes out and she's and she's hey what do you mean by that you know you know he said no I didn't say anything ter- terrible about you and 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 he said he said, she, she says John what did he say I said I said, he said that when they built the first stage you were holding a hammer <laughs> <laughs> and everybody went nuts. Yeah, it was and you, it was, it was you and you and Carl Reiner and, and I, I Reiner and, and Debbie Reynolds. Debbie, yes, 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 yes. And you all got up and you walked yes, off. Yes, and then the shirt thing came on. Right. Yeah, the, the, yeah. So Johnny started. He was fumping for something to do to kill time because we all left. And uh, he started. They start, uh, dan, he starts taking his da da yeah. clothes off. Dan, and uh, he's peeling his clothes. He takes his shirt off. We're backstage. He says, hey, let's everybody take our shirts off. So we did. It's a great clip. It's on YouTube. Right. People can see it. Now, yeah. you you knew James Cagney? Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. This is a cute story. I was hanging out with Roger Miller and his wife, which I often did. Oh, I love Roger Miller. Yeah, and I was oh, raising can my- you can you sing like Roger Miller? Uh, I, I, only early in the morning. Okay. <laughs> Dang me. <laughs> oh, we had some fun together. Oh, what a great artist. <laughs> Hang me from a high old tree, woman. Won't you wait for me? Ba 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 da ba da ba boom. <laughs> <laughs> We're huge fans of Roger Miller. Now, didn't he sing England Swings? Yeah, like a pendulum dude. Bobby's on tilt and two by two. Glad Mr. I'll be the tall big man. Rosy red cheeks of the little children. And people town and the humming kids do. I don't know the rest. (laughs) And, of course, King of the Road. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Trailers for sale or rent. (laughs) Rooms to let 50 cents. No food, no fuel, no pits. 
Ain't got no cigarettes. Just a, you know. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was a great. A uh, great guy. And he'd, he'd, say, he'd say to me, hey, ban- hey, hey Banner. I got a new one. Hey, God. Listen, Banner. Hey, Banner. Listen to this one. I got a new one. When he starts singing, then, 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 and then, then he'd run out of something. And So it was it was Roger Miller who led you to to Cagney. Mm, okay, that story. Yes. <laughs> so he says, hey, if we have it right. Yes. She says, uh, Mary comes out to the patio and she says, uh, Roger, uh, we only have an hour now. Uh, a banner. No, we're going to name. I said, where? <laughs> James Cagney's house. James Cagney's house. What I wouldn't do to go to James Cagney's house. Why? And I just said that and went out to my, out to my house at the beach with the kids are upstairs arguing over a shirt or something. The dog is barking and all this guy. I'm, I'm making dinner for the gang and I'm in the kitchen and there's a little balcony from upstairs and, and the phone is ringing. The dog is barking and they're arguing. That's my shirt. Just to make it. And, uh, and, uh, and, and one of my kids, uh, my daughter, Rosine leans over the balcony. She says, dad, James Cagney's on the phone. (laughs) 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 James Cagney's. (laughs) Hello? Jono, it's me, Jimmy. Jimmy Cagney. Listen, we're having having a smoker tonight. Just you, me, and the boys. What do you say? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uncanny. So I said, said, sure, sure, (laughs) sure, sure. So I'll give you my address. Hold on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he gives me the address. I show up. I show up at the front door and knock on the door. And he opens it and he goes, "Hmm, I just saw you do something straight. It was marvelous, marvelous." <laughs> Shake my hand, right? So, so we, now, you know we're having a good. I'm sitting to his right at the dinner table, and and these wonderful actors are sitting around. You know, and, uh, uh, Frank Morgan and and uh, oh god. Was there was Ralph Bellamy there? Pat O'Brien and, yeah. and Donald Ralph O'Connor. Bellamy. Yeah, yeah, Donald O'Connor. Yeah, how do you know yeah. this? Frank Frank Morgan, for those who don't know, was the Wizard of Oz. Correct. Yeah. So anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so anyway, and how do you know about the table? Who was at the uh, table? I do I do deep research, John. <laughs> I guess you do. <laughs> Well, the, the most touching part of the story is is Pat O'Brien and Cagney walking you out. Oh, my gosh, yes. You've heard this before. Yeah, but I, I love hearing it again. <laughs> uh, this is the first time I've heard it. <laughs> it's a great Cagney. So anyway, listen. Mm-hmm. So he says, come here. You know, he comes over and he says to me, come here, I want to show you something. So he takes me upstairs. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs> and this is this, this is this, this is this, this. Beautiful big painting of him as a, an admiral from a movie. And and he shows me this thing. I'm very proud of this now. Come on over. Step over here. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? And I said, oh, there's that. And that's a Chinese gentleman had carved his entire career into a chef robe. A large piece of beautiful furniture. What do you think? <laughs> I said, that's, that's freaking beautiful. You said it. Took him four years. Four years. Right. <laughs> so, so now we're down and it's time for everybody to do a little entertaining. It's the smoker part. We're in the living room and, uh, and, uh, 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 Roy Clark is playing his banjo. <laughs> singing. Oh, and, can you uh, sing like Roy Clark before we forget? <laughs> 
Will you stop with all this Kenya shit? <laughs> I don't, did Roy Clark really have a distinct singing yeah, voice? I don't know. It was more known. Oh, yeah, yeah, he would, yeah, but I, yes. in, my, my, in my head, I can't hear him, but I can only do stuff if I hear him in my head. I can't. I hit the banjo, but I can't. Yeah, he was more known for his picking. I reckon. So, so he's sitting across from me, Jimmy. He's sitting across from me, and he's got this cane, and he's leaning on the cane with his hands on, on the, you know, the cane down. He's then sitting there and right across from me. And people are doing stuff, you know. So he finally, and I'm thinking, God, if he asked me to do anything, what the hell am I going to do? You know, I'm going to do him. I'm going to do it in front of him. I'm going to do it. So uh, he finally looks over at me and he says, Jono, you do Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I said, everybody does Jimmy Stewart. And just then Donald O'Connor saved my ass. He says, come on, let's do Yankee Doodle for the old man. So we did Yankee Doodle together. A lot of sweet. That was neat. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks for reminding me of stuff I should have remembered. Of course. Well, <laughs> well there was there was a little more to it too. You said that he that, that Jim uh, Jim Cagney, Jimmy Cagney, and and Pat O'Brien walked you walked to the, me to the door, and yeah. they did that that Irish poem. Yeah. I, I should remember that and yeah. when they took turns, and I'm pinching myself. It's Jim Cagney, Pat O'Brien at the door. It's sweet. It's a sweet memory. May the wind be always at your back. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It was a wonderful night. I was now, twice at his house. Now, I I always, I remember growing up, and there was you and Frank Gorshin and Rich Little. Oh, yeah. And Marilyn Michaels. Fred Travelina. Yeah. Yeah. George yeah. Kirby. George Kirby. Oh, wow. David Fry. Oh, yeah. Oh, David, David Fry. Fry was the greatest. Uh, yeah. And I, and now, how come? I mean, you'll mm -hmm. hear people do impressions in sketch shows like Saturday Night and stuff yes. like that. But how? whatever happened to the out-and-out, out, uh, it might go something like this, impressionist. The out-and-out out idea of someone going on stage and going, you know, uh, and now Kirk Douglas, and they do Kirk Douglas, and then mm -hmm. they do uh, Humphrey Bogart. You yeah. don't see people like that. Well, they're dead. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's because the voices of today's uh, actors aren't as distinct. Yeah, but that's you know. Yeah. But every once in a while, somebody will find something. You know, like like the, like the, like a Will Jordan. He found Ed Sullivan. Yeah. yeah. You we, know, and people did sure. uh, uh, their version of him, and uh, and uh, you know, and and on and on like that. But you know, uh, nobody does. Somebody does Jack Nicholson, and everybody starts doing it. They see the things that this guy saw in him. You know. Yeah. There's Frank Caliendo. And, he's still he's uh, yeah. he's doing oh, uh, yeah. impressions. Yeah. Not a lot. I mean, it's 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 a, a different form of showbiz that you just don't see much of. Yeah, absolutely. Anymore. Yeah. Kind of like ventriloquism more. Oh, yeah. oh exactly. Or ventriloquism. Like, or those hand yeah. shadows. <laughs> <laughs> you stayed after school a lot. Oh, hilarious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have another connection. In that, like, when in that period of time when I was like worse than Osama bin Laden, and I got fired from Aflac, Aflac yeah. had a big campaign. We're mm. looking for the new voice of oh, the duck. Man, I could punch those guys in my agency. <laughs> <laughs> they call me in there. I'm in the booth, and I say, "What do they want? Anything but what it was." So I give him whatever I thought, you know, might be a funny duck. 
<laughs> I didn't know you did this. Yeah. That's great. They got me in a booth and they're doing, doing this. Finally, I do this one. How's that? You know? So I did all I could and I leave, right? No, I'm watching the news and I see that they already had this guy picked out. They couldn't kid me, you know? And it turns out they wanted the same thing as Gilbert, you know? Interesting. And they never told me that at the place, but they never told, I don't think. So anyway, what did they get the news guy out there with the microphone and it's on the news about they finally find the guy. Big, uh, big publicity stunt, you know, that's all it was. Uh-huh. So they got the microphone and they got the guy, they got the guy that uh, recorded some of the, that, that they'd send these recordings to that was in charge of this, ciphering through these things. And, uh, and, and, he, uh, and, and, he, and he plays mine and he looks at the guy like, what the hell is that? You know? <laughs> he says, "Listen to this one." God, you know they're going like that. So, so there you are. So, so but, hey, so but you know, I was talking to Dara, yeah, and and wondering why you didn't sue their asses for copying your whole idea. Yeah, I mean, that's they, a good question. They they fired me and then hired uh, a low budget impersonator of me. Yeah, I'm hip, yeah. but I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, that was uh, how did they how did they present that to you as to, to what to say for this duck when they first said that we'd like a voice for this Nothing. duck? Nothing. We want a voice. And you came out yeah. with this, right? That's yours. Yeah. Yeah. You just did your own voice. Yeah. As a duck. Oh, you got a good case, Jack. Got to look into this, Gil. Yeah. John, can we ask you about one of my favorite John Biner performances, which is on the Odd Couple? You were two two times. You were the ad. Uh, you were the diet pill executive. Yes, two bells, three bells. Whatever. Yes, three bells. Yeah. But also yeah. that wonderful uh, episode with you as the parking oh, the, the parking, parking lot manager. Yes, I'll be back. Yeah, was <laughs> <laughs> so good. I watched it again last night. And that was Tony. Tony Gizzle, It was Tony's idea. You know, I'm. We rehearsed it all week, and I'm in the makeup chair, and he says, "Hey, hey, hey, hey." He says, "Hey, hey, tonight, tonight, uh, not you. You'll be back, Gizzle. New York. It's, you know, Yizzle, Yizzle. Yizzle be back. Yizzle be back. <laughs> he was so right. On your knees like my mother was. It's just great. <laughs> now, how were, how were Tony Randall and Jack Klugman to work with? I love Jack. I love Rand. Uh, and, but it was, they were different people. They were like, totally, uh, just like the show. Totally different. Uh, uh, sometimes if I'd be rehearsing, <laughs> so, sometimes I'd be rehearsing too loud. They had little cabins on the stage. Little each each one like a dressing room. It was a cabin, and you know no no you know little it was yeah. a cabin yeah uh, on stilts, and uh, you walked up three steps and you're in the cabin. But I was too close to his cabin, and he'd always send somebody. Up. Uh, Tony says you're rehearsing too loud. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What, what do you remember about any of those other wonderful appearances? Love American Style, Get Smart, The Mothers-in-Law. You did a show with Rickles. You did the Don Rickles show. you have any memories of that stuff? I know it's a million years ago. Yeah, the, uh, the Get Smart. I had to impersonate an actor, Paul Stewart. Oh, sure. You know Paul Stewart. Yes, yes. Uh, Citizen Kane. Right. And I had to impersonate him. And, uh, you know, I, I'd seen him and this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, and it was so neat of him. He came over to my place. And recorded it for me so I could rehearse it in his voice all night. And, uh, you know, he just read the script that I had to do in, in his voice. And uh, Yes! And I just did it for him. And uh, it was great of him, I thought. And uh, it was fun. Wow! 
It's yeah, good, I've never Stu- heard anybody do Paul Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I also remember uh, you in a Maud, a memorable Maud episode as her crazy cousin, as Captain Hero. Oh, Captain Hero. Hero, Hero. And <laughs> 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 yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Absolutely great. Now, now, one one uh, TV uh, special. Well, we got a rise out of him in the <laughs> intro. <laughs> Frank and I talk about constantly, and that's a Bob Hope special called Joys. <laughs> it's an yeah. all-star cast. I'll say that yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, something happened where they where they, <laughs> something happened where they they had to. I my I, my thing to do. Uh, whatever the hell I had to say, I don't remember. But what I had to do is pick up Billy Barty. You know, picking up Billy Barty. <laughs> he worked a lot with me in Bazaar, and thank God I oh, didn't sure. have to pick him up. Because he it was like solid, solid, like solid. It was like <laughs> solid. Like a, like a truck but, engine. Like, Bill, you know, Billy like Barty it, was a midget, for yes. those who don't know. Who, who beat you out of a role, family? Yes. Person. <laughs> he was a little person. <laughs> Well, that's what midgets are. Hiya, John. How are you today? (laughs) I used to watch him on Bazaar with you, John, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what are you doing, you know? So so we, uh, you know, yeah. Well, well, I had to pick him up. I had to pick him up. If I picked him up once, I picked him up seven times to put him on a... Okay, let's go. Let's try that again because he wasn't the light in the pipe and the hate and the hate and the hate. So let's try it again. Okay, onto the pool table. I had to pick him up and put his feet on the pool table. <laughs> we should should we give everybody a background of what Joy's was if they yeah. weren't if they don't uh, know? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Go it's ahead. like be- I think Jaws was the biggest movie yeah. in the country or in the world mm-hmm. at that point, and. This was someone's idea of kind of outrageous. <laughs> it's not really There's even a Jaws no parody. Shark in it? No. There's no ocean. There's a swimming pool. The, yeah, but it's got a J sound. <laughs> <laughs> he said. He said, "Let's make it funny like Joys." <laughs> All funny people. You get it. The ca- Let's burn the tote board. Oh, <laughs> but that that cash, John, is staggering. I mean, oh, it's it every yeah, every comedian of the last fifty years. Thing. Long story short, I get a letter. I watch the show, and I'm not in it. <laughs> oh, jeez, really? I'm not in it. I get a letter from Bob, John. They wanted a. They had to cut it at boom bang boom. They couldn't. They sent the thing off, and then we had to cut it at to just to get it the hell out in order to get it in time. And and uh, you know, so yeah. you you weren't good enough for Joyce. <laughs> I can say at this particular time, thank the Lord. <laughs> All right. Well, well, then we have to ask you about another obsession on this show, and that's that's the TV movie Murder Can Hurt You. Uh huh. That's my idea. That they, it was called Murder Murder Can Kill You. Uh huh. And I said it should be murder can hurt you. It's kind of fun that way, you know. So, so they changed it to murder can hurt you. Yeah, and you and Jamie Farr did a did a, Sar- a Starsky and Hutch send up. Yeah, yes, exactly. and and it was like Burt Young was Colombo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Victor Bono was Ironside. Yeah. Right. right. It's uh, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We've talked we've talked about it on this show. You have yeah. any memories about it? Peculiar. 
It is but peculiar. The, well, the thing where they dropped me through the ceiling, I remember. That yeah. was kind of fun. The yeah. one behind the blue screen and all that. That was fun to do. And, uh, yeah, I'd jump running around, jumping off cars and stuff. And, uh, and uh, not, not a hell of a lot more to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another thing I found online, John. And I found a, a video of you from the Craft uh, Music Hall. You, Liza, mm, you were yeah. very young Liza Minnelli and a very young Woody Allen. You want to hear a good one? Sure. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this story. <laughs> I'm excited. And it has to do with this show, right? I show up because he wants me to play different parts. And I'm just, I'm doing the Gary Moore show at the same time. I show up to do this thing. And, you know, I'm not a sociable kind of guy, especially, you know, when somebody is, you know, acting like he wrote the book of knowledge. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just sitting around, I read my script, like, blah, 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 blah. the first time you open the book, I don't get in the characters until like three, four days in, you know, find out who else is doing what. And I'll tell you another story that has to do with that later. But I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, really, I'm not into it. So every day I show up, there'd be more things taken out of my thing. Okay, fine, fine, fine. So, so anyway, I get to, I'm liking three sketches with him. And all week we're rehearsing. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Liza's legs and making a big fool of myself. And he comes along and he moves me aside, right? And uh, and now it's showtime. The camera's on. Audience. I'm looking at the legs. He doesn't push me aside. He throws me into the wall. Yeah, right? I noticed that in the clip. Okay, that was not rehearsed. Yeah. Okay, is all of a sudden he was getting back at me for whatever the hell reason, I don't know. It's <laughs> a little strange. Maybe I was too guy for him. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> he throws me against the wall. Okay, fine. Did I send you I this think, clip? You got to see it. <laughs> and he says, and he says, and he says, and, and I'm thinking, well, maybe he thinks throwing me against the wall is funnier than just moving inside. I'll go, I'll, you know, it's fine. What am I going to do? Right. So we continue the thing. Boom, 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 boom. I'll sketch it two later. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Now <laughs> the last sketch is uh, Bonnie and Clyde was a big movie in 87. And, uh, we're doing the, the Bonnie and Clyde in a sketch. And now it's the time where he's at his hideout with, uh, with his wife, with, uh, you know, Bonnie mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, and I'm the brother coming up, coming with the, all the relatives to see him, and we get together, and we're supposed to like just kind of fun each other, you know. Pop, you know how guys go, hey, you got you, you got you, pop him, pop him, you know, you do that, you know, right? Well, he gives me a shot in the stomach. Okay, this is all on camera. This is all in the movie. He gives me a shot in the stomach, and I go, holy Christ! Okay, <laughs> we still we still got a little more in this scene to do. I give him one that brings him to his knee. <laughs> Wow. That, all, I did not see that camera. video. The, well, the, well, the first one, the, the, the apartment sketch with him throwing you in the wall is there. I have to find the Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. So there you go. And, he, and here's one other uh, oddball question, and this could be bullshit from the internet, but were, were you offered the role of Mork by Gary Marshall? I'm at, I was dating a girl who happened, uh, an actress, and she had known Ron Howard and his wife, because she was on that uh, that show, the Happy Days thing, yeah. played played the girlfriend a couple of times, and uh, she had Ron and and the wife over for dinner, and I, and we we're in her her apartment, and and uh, and after dinner, uh, Ron says, uh, 
you ought to go over and tell you want to see you over and ought to go over and see about this blub, you know. Uh, I said, what's the character like? Oh, you know, he makes kind of noises. And stuff. I don't know. I don't want to do noises. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sick of doing noises. No, no, I don't do noises. So that was that. So, That's all it was so to it. You, you turned down Mork and Mindy. Yeah, but he did a wonderful job. <laughs> but how many times have you kicked yourself? I never kick myself. <laughs> I let other people kick me. <laughs> you, you knew Groucho too, John, which Gilbert would appreciate hearing about. That's the nastiest remark I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. So here's a neat one about Groucho. I'm I'm at the Friars Club. So I'm early in my career, very early in my career. I go over to somebody invites me to the Friars Club, and and uh, you know there's a there's a break, and, and Groucho is at this round table near the stage, and I'm back in the back further on, and uh, his his group gets up and leaves, and now Groucho is is stretching, he's standing and he's leaning against the chair, which is leaning against the table, so he's got his back against the back of the chair, leaning and smoking a cigar, so I I pump myself up, I get up the nerve, and I go over and I say. I said, you don't know me, Mr. Marks, but I, I think you're fantastic. He says, oh, I know you. He says, what I don't understand is why someone who looks like you does what you do. And then he said, now think about that. That's a triple compliment. <laughs> 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 then years later, uh, I'm working with uh, John Davidson, the big special for the Playboy Club uh, TV show and uh, something happens with the cameras and they send me out to and there sits uh, Groucho in the front row with Connie Stevens and he's got the beret that's his that period of, of his oh, life oh yes with the, yes. the golf ball and I tell this story about him what he said and everybody laughs and they you know, everything is great and as part of my goofing until they get the thing fixed and after the show knock on the door I open his Groucho standing there and he goes if you were a goyle I'd marry you Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. So there it was. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. It's a, it's a, you've met everybody, John. It's a long Pretty way, much. a long way from Elmhurst, Queens. And that's I've heard a, you tell the story about how when you were a little kid and you went to the movie and you saw Bing. Uh, yeah. And you fell in love with the whole thing. And I mean, that's right. That's right. Got to be surreal to, to, to know that you saw these people on the screen and then you. And then I worked with them. Yeah. Oh God. And then yeah. they were my father's favorite people, which really, um, I was so sorry he wasn't around to catch that. Bing Crosby was, was his idol. You know, he, he used to listen to uh, his, his show every night, every night he was on. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Bing, hello there. That's a bingo there. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with him. And we did a lot of things together. There's a great clip of you and and Bing and the wife doing oh, a, a yeah, Christmas, yeah, Christmas special. Oh, yeah, Christmas thing. Oh, the bingo. <laughs> I always ask our guests, you know, it's just from humble beginnings, you know, to go into a movie theater and see and see these people. And, and oh, you know, can you, do you pinch yourself yeah, you know, still? Sitting, uh, yeah, I, I pinch myself from then, you know. I mean, John Wayne and stuff. Uh, yeah, Dean and Jerry and everybody. Dean and Jerry. I, I introduced my, my daughter. It was her 16th birthday to John Wayne. It was a big, big tribute to Liz Taylor at, at one of the studios in the, in the Valley, uh, just across from the smokehouse. You know all about that, Gilbert. Anyway. <laughs> I know the smokehouse on Riverside, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The big studios across the way from it. It was in the Universal. It was one of those things. You yeah, Warner Brothers. And uh, anyway, uh, uh, the Duke is walking by, and my daughter and I kind of wandered off, and we're talking, and, and, and here comes the Duke all by himself. 
walking toward us. <laughs> and I say, hey, I say, it's my, my daughter's 16th birthday. And he stops and he does his whole thing. And he says, ought to be 16 again. You got your whole life ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> and he took off. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Now, can we hear some Rod Steiger? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, Rod Steiger. Hey, check this out. I'm at a party. <laughs> this is great. We can do 12 episodes with you, John. Hollywood party. No, but a party. And, and a friend of mine introduces me, uh, uh, and uh, Lou Alexander is his name, and is his name. And he goes over, he takes you. Hey, come on, I'll introduce you. He says, John, John does you. And he goes, do you do me from the pawnbroker? I said, no. Then you don't do me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, let's, 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 why don't you do a little Steiger for uh, John, and we'll do a little yes. back and forth. Oh, okay, no. oh, you know my first picture. You know my first picture was. What? What was your first picture? Well, it was called Jubal. Jubal Troop. Jubal. I played. I played a nasty man on Jubal. And one day, one day I thought I killed Jubal. One day I thought I killed Jubal. <laughs> Why would you kill Jubal? If you knew Jubal. <laughs> so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So anyway, so anyway, 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 the posse, the posse rides into the property. Now, and they say, and they say, where's Jubal? And I looked at them, and you know what I said? Jubal Trope is dead. <laughs> Tiger. Now, uh, we had one of the guests we've had on the show was the great songwriter and entertainer, Paul Williams. Yes, indeed. I, <laughs> I started imitating Paul Williams. Yeah. And, and he said the two people now that imitate him are me and you. <laughs> it's nice to know that there's someone I can turn to who'll always care. You're always there. <laughs> Unbelievable. Getting over that rainbow when your wildest dreams won't come true. <laughs> the madness the world has to give, but I won't last a day without you. <laughs> Phenomenal. Can we do a duet of Rainbow yeah. Connection? Oh, I don't know the words. Oh, I, oh. I harmonize. I can uh, harmonize okay. like How about Rainy Days and Mondays? Do you know uh -huh. that one? Rainy Days and Mondays always get me, me done. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to myself and feeling old. I'm feeling old. Sometimes I'd like to quit. I'd like to quit. <laughs> Nothing ever seems to fit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay, no round. Nothing to do, do but round. When it is Monday's always get me down. <laughs> Why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? 
this guy. Hilarious. Oh, we got to play that. We got to send that to Paul. I like to hear him say that. Hello. What a simple way to start a love affair. Should I jump right in and see how much I care? You know this stuff. <laughs> I used to make, I used to, we were on Hollywood Squares together. I'd make up a song and they'd say, hey, uh, 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 John, uh, when, 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 blah, 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 when Paul Williams, blah, 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 when he goes to the store, blah, blah, blah. When I go to the store, I look for him. <laughs> I see you on the counter and how do you do? <laughs> He said, and he yelled down, hey, do one I wrote, then I can get some money back. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, oh, no. John, you're a sport, man. Oh, God. Mm, yeah. Well. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we have not even scratched the surface. Hey, you- this, this was one of those interviews that both, Incredibly easy to do because we've got a guest so so uh, with so much to say. Well, it was informative, but also wildly entertaining. Yeah, we just sit sit yeah. back and watch the master go. Yeah, this oh, was just guys. fun. Oh yeah, it was fun indeed. You guys are fun to talk to. And but, with. thank you, John. We, we well, like I said we came up with this idea and we sat down and we started making a list and we got a couple of names in and we looked at each other and said John Biner. Yeah, that was well, that was one. There was no question. And then well, I have thanks to, a lot. And then I have to tell you because the show's become so popular on social media, people start requesting guests. Ah. And over the last two years, they started piling up. When are you getting John Biner? Uh, oh, I, how neat! I can show them to you by by the dozen. So here you are. Finally. Yeah, yeah. So, and, so, and you too. Thanks for doing this. So, hey, it's a pleasure. Now I'll have to wrap up by saying, Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and this has been Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. And on today's show, we had the vastly entertaining John Biner. You should all be arrested. <laughs> Oh, a little Robert Stack for us, John, yeah. before we go. I used to do Robert Stack before he was Robert Stack. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. John, you're a treasure. Thanks for doing this. Well, thanks so much, guys. And Thank you guys are you. nice. And God bless you. And say hi to Dara for me. And, I will. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know and, when this is up. And be well, guys. And have fun all the time. Oh, thanks. Thank you, John. You John too. Biner. Okay. Yeah. 